Good evening and welcome again to our worship service. We're glad that you're here tonight. We're going to be looking at 2 Timothy chapter 2 in just a minute as we think about being a good soldier of Jesus Christ. I do want to take this opportunity to invite you to the gospel meeting that is going on at Luxahoma. And the meeting goes through Thursday night and we'll be meeting at 7 p.m. It's about 30, I guess about 30 minutes from here. And so if uh, you have the opportunity to come and be a part of that meeting, I know that uh, the people at, at Luxahoma would certainly appreciate your presence. And Betty McGee, her father, is one of the elders there, and they have a great congregation. Uh, Tim Burroughs is the preacher, and it is a super group of people, and you would be blessed by having the opportunity to be in their midst. Tonight I want us to think for a minute or two about some of the characteristics of a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And as we look at verses 3 and 4 of 2 Timothy chapter 2, it's my conviction that the Apostle Paul sets forth some very viable characteristics of a good soldier. When Paul wrote to Timothy in his first letter in chapter 6, he would tell Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Christianity is a religion that entails spiritual warfare. The one that we are fighting against is the devil. And so what we have to do is equip ourselves so that we can stand victorious over the enemy. You know, Peter said many, many centuries ago, be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. In verse 9 of 1 Peter chapter 5, Peter said, whom withstand steadfast in the faith. And so we can rise above the opposition. We can be a good soldier of Christ and ultimately receive our great reward in heaven. I want to begin tonight by talking about the fact that a good soldier must be fit for service. In verse 3, Paul said, You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Let me begin by maybe stressing what it means to enlist in the Lord's service. The way that we become a part of the Lord's service is obeying the gospel. Through our obedience to the gospel of Christ, we are baptized into the Lord. The Bible talks in numerous places about the importance of obeying the gospel and becoming a child of God. For example, Jesus in Mark 16, 16 would say, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Those who are in Christ have been baptized. It's in that context that they enjoy, we enjoy, the remission of our sins, according to Acts 2, verse 38. Paul said that he was encouraged by Ananias to arise and be baptized and wash away his sins. When we are baptized into the Lord, the Bible tells us that God then adds us to the church, to his body. In Acts chapter 2 on Pentecost Day, when Peter preached the gospel to multitudes of people in the city of Jerusalem, the Bible says that some 3,000 people obeyed the gospel on that occasion. 
Verse 47 says that the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So we, we enlist in the Lord's service initially by being baptized in the, into the Lord. And then secondly, I think we need to understand that we belong to the Lord. Once you're baptized into Christ through obeying the gospel, you belong to the Lord. Think about those who join the military today. When they become a part of our military, they belong to Uncle Sam, don't they? Well, here's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit which is in you, which you have from God. He said, you are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And so the idea is that once we enlist in the Lord's service, we belong to the Lord. Sometimes we use the phrase lock, stock, and barrel. And I think that's a good phrase because we are literally committing our lives, our allegiance to the Lord. And we're saying that we're going to be faithful to the Lord until death. We're going to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Now, what about the expectations in the Lord's service? Are there some expectations on me as a child of God, as a soldier of Christ? Well, the answer would be yes. And there are a couple of ways to look at it. First of all, there are some negative expe expectations, and then there are some positive expectations. And so we have to, I think, be fair in our assessment of what it means to be a part of the Lord's army. By way of those negative things that we face as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Listen, if you would, to what Paul said in verse 3. You, therefore, and he's writing to Timothy, he said, you must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Now, really, there are two things that come to mind along these lines. First of all, by way of expectations, from a negative vantage point, we have to be ready, willing, and able to suffer hardship. We need to expect it. That's what, that's what Paul is saying. You need to be willing to endure hardship. Christianity is a great religion. I don't know of any other religion on the globe that compares to Christianity. The benefits and the, well, just the, the vast number of benefits that we enjoy in Jesus Christ are unbelievable. But in becoming a child of God, we have to understand that there are going to be, at times in life, difficulties, hardships, trials, tribulations. For example, over in chapter 3 of 2 Timothy, Paul talks about the afflictions and persecutions that he encountered at Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. Paul here bringing to mind some of the difficulties that he faced in preaching and teaching the gospel of Christ. So in light of that, what does it mean to us? Well, as a good soldier, we have to be ready to suffer. The Bible tells us in the book of Acts that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. The Lord never said it's going to be easy. As a matter of fact, Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. In chapter 3, verse 12 of 2 Timothy, Paul would say, all who will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And so the Lord's very upfront in what it means to be a good soldier of Christ. And then I think about heartache. 
there are lots of heartaches to those of us who are soldiers of Christ. One of the reasons that we face or we're filled with heartache in our service to the Lord is because sometimes God's people are not what they ought to be. Think about what Paul said concerning Demas in chapter 4, verse 10. Paul said, For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Interestingly, about six years earlier when Paul had written to Philemon, Demas is listed as a co-laborer, a fellow laborer of the apostle Paul. And so you infer from that that in about AD 61, 62, here is Demas, he is a faithful child of God, he's working and laboring in the kingdom of God, he is a soldier of Christ, ready for battle. And then by AD 68, something had happened. Demas became a casualty of war. The world won out. And so Paul in writing to Timothy, as he's about to lay aside the pen of inspiration, says, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. And so as a child of God, we have to be fit for service. We have to first of all enlist, and then we have to understand there are some expectations. Now, from a positive vantage point, what can we expect? To me, this is a great point. What we can expect is for the Lord Jesus Christ to be with us every step of the way in battle. Think about that. The Lord is going to be with us every single step of the way as we live for him. There's not going to be a time in life when the Lord is not standing at our side. You remember the words of the Hebrew writer? I will never leave you nor forsake you so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. What shall man do unto me? If you look at 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 11, when Paul talks about those persecutions and afflictions that he encountered in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, he said, out of them all, the Lord delivered me. In chapter 4, he speaks of Demas, Alexander the coppersmith that had done him much harm. And then he said, at my first defense, no one stood with me. I pray that the Lord will not hold it, hold it against them. He said, but the Lord stood with me and strengthened me that the message might be made fully known through me, that the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And he said, the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever. Now just think about that for a minute. As a soldier of Jesus Christ, we have to understand the Lord's going to be with us in battle. If we zig, he'll zig. If we zag, he'll zag. Wherever we go, whatever we do, the Lord's going to be with us. It's a great thought to know that we're not alone in this world. There are lots of, there are lots of soldiers that have literally been left behind on the battlefield for whatever reason. That is not the case in God's army. Now, there's a second thing that I want us to think about in our lesson tonight as we consider some of the characteristics of being a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And as I look at what the Apostle Paul has written in the long ago, 
The second thing that comes to mind is that a good soldier must be focused in service. We have to maintain a sense of focus, don't we? Look, if you would, at what Paul says in verse 4. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. First of all, let me begin by asking this question. What is the desire of every soldier? We talk about being focused on the battlefield. Spiritually speaking, maintaining a sense of focus, keeping our eyes on the cross. What is it every soldier, what is it every soldier desires? Let me, let me sum it up for you. To get home. I had a friend of mine that many years ago served in Vietnam. And I remember talking to him some years ago, and he said he was there in 1968, the year that Martin Luther King got killed. And he said a lot of people were running around and talking about Martin Luther King getting killed and lots of hysteria among some of the troops. And I remember this brother telling me, the only thing I could think about was getting home. Not that he didn't care, but he was focused on one thing, and that one thing was to get back home safely. Now, translate that to the spiritual realm. What is the desire of every good soldier of Jesus Christ? We want to get home, don't we? We want to get home safely. We want to one day make it to heaven. Well, if we're going to do that, we've got to be focused. And by way of this innate desire to get home, there's some things that I believe will help us get home if we will only seize the opportunity or take advantage of these things. First of all, it's my belief that we need to stay in the Word. We have, we have a great resource that will keep us faithful and keep us on the track, the course to heaven, don't we? What's that resource? It's God's word. Listen to what Paul said down in verse 15. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Some translations say study to show yourselves approved unto God. The more time you spend in this book, the stronger your faith will become, the greater your allegiance to the Lord. The psalmist of old spent time in this book day and night. He said he meditated on this book day and night. If we're going to be faithful to God, and if we're going to maintain a sense of focus, then we have to spend time in this book. There are a lot of distractions in the world about us. The Word of God will keep us grounded. That's what we want, isn't it? We want to be grounded. Look at all the families, look at all the people in our world today that lack grounding. They don't have a foundation. They don't have anything to build on. Why is that? Because God's word's not a part of their life. You and I, we can make it to heaven if we will keep our eyes on this book. Paul said our citizenship, our commonwealth is in heaven, whence also we wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. 
In Colossians chapter 3, Paul would say, If then you are risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind, set your affection on things above, and not on things which are upon this earth. What's going to help me to have a heavenly mindset? What's going to keep my eyes on things above? God's Word is. So I've got to stay in the Word, and then secondly, I've got to stay in worship. Worship affords us an opportunity to be with people of like precious faith. I really believe that there is strength gained by coming together every first day of the week, the middle of the week. The more we come to worship and Bible study, the stronger our faith will be. No doubt in my mind. If you look at Hebrews chapter 10, when the writer talks about those who were forsaking the assembly, it's interesting that in that context, he's talking about apostasy. And so when people let opportunities for worship pass them by, what happens? They drift. They're not what they ought to be. They're not maintaining their allegiance to the Lord. They're not focused. They lack focus. And then there is a third thing, and that is stay in the work. What's the old saying? An idle mind is the devil's workshop. Get busy. There are so many things that we can do in the kingdom of God. I think about Paul's illustration of the body in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I do not know what part of the body would best represent you. But I really believe that each and every one of us have a purpose in the kingdom. There is a place of service for all. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2 at verse 10 that we have been created in Christ Jesus unto good works. In Titus chapter 3 verse 1, he would say, be ready unto every good work. Get busy. Get involved. The busier you are, the more involved you are as a child of God, the more focused you'll be. And so, I really believe but if we're going to be a good soldier of Christ and be what the Lord would have us to be and be where we ought to be spiritually speaking, then we're going to have to be focused and we're going to have to understand that ultimately what means the most to us is heaven, getting home. Then secondly, what about the danger to every soldier? Are there inherent dangers to being a good soldier of Jesus Christ? Well, absolutely. Look at what Paul says beginning in verse 4. No one, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. All he's saying is that as a child of God, as a soldier of Christ, there are potential pitfalls, one of which is the world. Entanglement in the affairs of this life. The world has claimed many. Don't be a victim of the world. James said, you adulteresses, know you not that friendship with the world is enmity with God? John said, love not the world, neither the things which are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. If you have somehow attached your wagon to the world, you're on a losing horse. I mean... You don't have any hope. And sometimes, sadly, soldiers of Christ 
lose their focus and become entangled in the world. Read, if you would, 2 Peter chapter 2, where Peter talks about those who have become entangled therein and overcome by the world. He said, the latter state is worse than the beginning. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. It has happened unto them according to the true proverb, a sow that was washed to wallowing in the mire. Now, our goal is heaven, isn't it? And we need each other. There is a built-in support system. And one of the ways that we can maintain our focus and stay away from the world is through fellowship. I'm grateful that we have a lot of good young folks here. And I'm thankful that Jared and Brian and others encourage our young people. And there are lots of opportunities for them to fellowship with one another. And they need that. All of us need Christian fellowship. And the beauty of Christian fellowship is it builds alliances and associations. One of the real problems that young people have sometimes is the wrong kinds of friends. Well, how do you keep your focus as a young person, as an older person? Get with the right people. Stay with the right people. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, that the early church continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship. There is a lot to be said about godly, healthy fellowship. Being with the right people. It'll help you get to heaven. Now, thirdly, a good soldier is faithful in service. Look again at verse 4. In verse 4, Paul said that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. What is the priority of a good soldier? Ultimately, it is to please the commander. Jesus is the captain, the author of our salvation. Our intent is to please him, isn't it? Can we please the Lord? You know we can. Sometimes it's difficult to please people in the human family. Sometimes there's just no way you can please some folks. That's not the case with God. I think about Jesus and the precedence that he set. God the Father said of Jesus, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. When you and I take God's word, apply it to our lives, live it out every day. What kind of assurance do we have? We have the assurance that one day the Lord will say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. Listen to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been a good soldier. You've been faithful. You lived a life that pleased me. Maybe we ought to ask the question, are we pleasing the Lord? Does my life please the Lord? My words, my deeds. James said in James chapter 2 that we are to do and to speak as those that will be judged by the law of liberty. And then there's a second thing, and that is the perseverance of a good soldier. Let me just key in on that word in verse 3, endure. A good soldier of Jesus Christ does not quit. Think about that for a minute. If you're a soldier of Jesus Christ, if you've signed on in his army, you do not quit. It shouldn't even be a part of our vocabulary. 
God does not want us to quit the race. He doesn't want us to go AWOL, and sometimes that happens. The bottom line is the Lord wants us to be faithful until death. Now, in living a faithful life, we're going to have to endure. We're going to have to persevere at times, aren't we? Absolutely. But again, Jesus set the precedence for that. Let me just call attention over in chapter 4. Listen, if you would, to what Paul said in verse 6. Let me give you a great example of somebody that never quit. Verse 6. I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. The time of my departure is at hand. Paul knew death was imminent. He's bidding farewell to his friend Timothy. He said, I fought the good fight. There again, this Christian fight and the fact that we are soldiers of Christ. He said, I finished the race. Now listen, I have kept the faith. Paul said, I kept the faith. I didn't quit. I didn't leave the Lord. I didn't give up. I didn't go back into the world. I didn't walk away because somebody, because somebody said something that hurt my feelings. I stayed true until the end. You ever thought about how sometimes people will let the most petty things drive them away from the Lord? They'll quit. Unbelievable. Jared and I were talking to a preacher the other day. He was talking about a lady that had basically become unfaithful because she was sick and nobody at church prepared food for her. This brother held a gospel meeting in the town where she was living and he went and visited her and she brought that up and you know what he said? I'm glad you brought that up. He said, when people at church were sick, how often did you prepare meals for them? You see, it's a two-way street, isn't it? Sometimes people will let the most trivial, petty, silly things drive them away from the Lord. And sometimes they'll use the crutch of hypocrisy. Let me tell you what, all that is is a tactic of the devil. The devil wants you to quit. He wants you to get upset and walk away. He wants you to act like a child. But let me tell you what, if you're going to be a soldier of the king... If you're a man, man up. If you're a woman, woman up. Be faithful. Don't quit. There are a lot of folks that have walked away from Christianity. And the bottom line is, if you walk away from Christianity, what's left? If somebody walks away from the Lord and says, I'm not living for the Lord anymore, I'm done with the church, what do you got to look forward to? You don't have heaven to look forward to. So Paul said, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, he said, there is later for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but, all, but to all those who have loved his appearing. All Paul is saying is, I lived a faithful life. I have finished my course here on earth. And the Lord... One day he's going to give me the crown of life to Stephanos, the victor's crown. And not, not to me only, but to you, Timothy, and to you, and to you, and to you, and to all of us. If we'll stay in the race, we've got to be faithful in service if we want to be a good soldier of the Lord. Three things. First, we've got to be fit. 
Secondly, we've got to be focused. And thirdly, we've got to be faithful. You know, in the military, when a person serves his or her country, they get discharged. And there are two options. On the one hand, those who have faithfully served their country, they receive an honorable discharge. But those that have not conducted themselves as a good soldier, they are dishonorably discharged. I want to ask this question in closing tonight. Your service as a soldier of Christ, is it honorable or dishonorable? The way you conduct yourself as a soldier of Christ, is it bringing honor and glory to God or is it bringing shame and reproach on the body of Christ? Only you can answer that question. My prayer is that we would be good soldiers of Jesus Christ, that we would be true, faithful, and loyal until the very end with the promise of the crown of life. So maybe you're here tonight and you're not a Christian. You're not a part of his army. You're not a part of his service. Could we encourage you to come home? Could we encourage you to spiritually come to the Lord? You see, the Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Paul said we walk by faith, not by sight. If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, you, you would be willing to put that faith into action by repenting of your sins, confessing his name, and then being immersed in the water or grave of baptism. The beauty is you can become a part of his body tonight. You can leave here a child of the living God, bound for heaven. If you're here tonight and you're not faithful, maybe your life is not what it ought to be. Could we encourage you to come home? Did you know that the Lord wants you home? The Lord loves you. He cares about you. The Bible says, confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another. Could we pray with you and for you tonight? If you'll take that step, you'll be back in fellowship with God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and his people. Could we help you tonight as we stand and sing?